Welcome to Press the Issue, a podcast from Master WP, your source for industry insights for WordPress professionals. Get show notes, transcripts, and more information about the show at masterwp.com slash press the issue. Press the Issue by Master WP is sponsored by LearnDash. Your expertise makes you money doing what you do. Now let it make you money teaching what you do. To create a course with LearnDash, visit learndash.com. Our mission at Master WP is to bring new voices into WordPress and tech every day. The new Master WP workshop series does just that. Our new live and recorded workshops on everything from code to design to business turn WordPress fans into WordPress experts. Find the workshop for you at workshops.masterwp.com. Use the code PODCAST10 for a 10% discount. When the WordPress block editor was first introduced, it immediately raised questions about how and if page builders would still be used to build WordPress sites. In this episode, Devin and Aruba chat about their feelings about the two options. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Press the Issue episode. I am Devin Egger here with Aruba Ahmed. Hi, Aruba. Hi, how's it going? I'm doing quite well. It's um, it's actually uh, springtime here in wow. South Carolina, which is crazy. I feel like I need to uh, open the windows and turn my AC on, but that's crazy considering it's the last day of February. But um, It is snowing up here in Calgary. <laughs> Uh, oh, the difference a few thousand miles makes, right? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I hate to gloat, but it is beautiful outside. So, sorry. I'm sorry very happy that. for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for You know, it is really nice. The snow is all very pretty. It's like gently, gently like float, floating down. So it's pretty here too in a very different way. <laughs> uh, someday, someday I will miss snow. Someday. But that day is not today. <laughs> So anyway, about other than the weather, today we're here talking about the block editor versus page builders. And it's mm. a, a pretty spicy little topic. Um, in fact, uh, I'm actually going through a little bit of fanboy syndrome here because uh, Aruba, I've been a fan of your work for a while. And I have been a avid viewer of your new podcast with Brian Cords, who many of you might know. It's called View Source. Um, yeah. That's, thank uh, you. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for all the education on it. It's like you really go through some some topics and some some actual screen sharing and learning. Again, that's what called view source for all of you interested. But yeah, so on that podcast, you guys have actually been the last couple of episodes you released have been going through in more detail on the block editor, what you can do with blocks. And um, it's actually just mere coincidence that we're here today recording kind of something on a similar topic, but we're going to be kind of comparing and contrasting what you can do with the block editor, what you can do with page builders. We're going to actually use Divi, of course, as the example page builder, our favorite thing, right? Oh, yes. Yes. We love it so much with all the experience we've had with it recently. <laughs> yeah, it's a treat. So one of the reasons amongst many that I was really excited to do this podcast with you, Aruba, is that we have been, well, I guess a couple months ago, working together on a 
project that was a a, a full divi build it was a uh like a basically like a fitness website um that was kind of transitioning into becoming an app and the original developer had decided to build it in divi we inherited it and they were pushing the limits of divi for sure definitely in really weird ways <laughs> and uh there's definitely some points where you just get to as a developer especially with some experience with divi that you go okay well that i just I know that I can't do this with Divi, so I'm just not going to do it, at least not without a bunch of customization. And we're just going to try to steer the client away from that path. But a lot of times that doesn't work and we have to go down that path anyway. So that's kind of what I wanted to frame this whole talk around is building and or maintaining a site with the block editor versus with Divi. They both have their advantages, disadvantages, how far you can go with like zero custom code. And then could this be done by someone that is a blog owner, a business owner, uh, someone with minimal development experience, someone that's like rather green to WordPress, just how far they those people can go, um, how far a traditional WordPress developer can go. I'll find that here in just a little bit. And then like, what kind of a developer do you need to really make a real custom Divi or block editor website? These are all really good questions. I'm excited to dig in. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I know we we had talked about this uh, earlier this week, and you kind of like would not let me not let me hear the real thoughts. So uh, <laughs> here we are. I get to hear the real thoughts. Uh, I'm very yeah, excited. because we got to keep it fresh and spicy for the actual podcast recording, right? Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So before we get into all that, let's just talk really quick about some terms. So when we're talking about the block editor. Basically, this is Gutenberg, right? That's right. So uh, when it first came out, it was a plugin that you'd have to install. Now it's the default editor. I think they're going to get rid of Classic Editor eventually someday. I'm not sure about yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's slated for ending support this year or next year. And I mean, for the record, we still have the Gutenberg plugin. That is where active development happens, but it's also part of core as well. That's a, that's a good uh, good distinction to make. So when we're talking about the block editor, that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about a block theme, specifically in this context, I'm talking about a theme that uses, now they just want to call it site editing, right? Not full site editor. Are we abandoning full site editor as a term? I don't know. I don't think there's any consensus around it, but basically mm. the block theme is one that uses the site editor and not just the block editor, because you can use the block editor, but not use the whole site editor as well, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. like a block theme is one that uses that full site editing paradigm, even if that's not necessarily the official name. The <laughs> official name, I think, is block theme that you called it. So Okay. So that yeah. is that means that we're using uh, the block editor for the header. We're using it for the footer, the sidebar. Every piece of the WordPress website, we're using the block editor to build, which yes. is actually pretty cool. When it we is really down cool. To it. Uh, there's uh, a lot of benefits to this. And I think that the, you know the biggest caveat of out of all of it is that it's still in its infancy. You know, we're watching this thing grow, and um, I'm going to place the huge caveat on it here that most of my opinion is based off the fact that it's still in its infancy. So I am uh, being a devil's advocate here and and a little bit probably judgmental on it in this episode. But I, I realize that it's still in its infancy, and we're watching this thing grow, and it actually has gotten way better since I first tried to use it, I don't know, uh, well, have been trying to use it. So 
Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's the block theme. So the block theme, as it relates to like, we'll say Divi is Divi. The Divi theme allows you to do the same thing, build the whole website in Divi. The site editor that we're talking about in WordPress would be very akin to like the theme builder in Divi. Um, mm -hmm. Basically, you you have in the site editor, you have the header, you have the footer, you have all these different like components that you can edit, and then you can put those pieces together on your different pages or using your your templates. Yeah, um, definitely. So then, a I'm just kind of relating one to ones here. So a block would be very much like a Divi module. Um, when you build a custom block, uh, that typically goes in a plugin, but there's other ways, right? Yes, you can also technically include it in your theme. And in some situations, that might be the right call. But usually, you want to put it in a plugin. Right. And then so with Divi, the relevant equivalent there is a, an extension. So if you build a custom Divi module, that has to go in an extension. So in, I don't know, two sentences or less, who would you say the block editor is for? Block editor or block themes? Okay, you got me. Uh, block theme, <laughs> the full, the full thing, the full whole shebang of a full block theme. I think a block theme is really great for DIYers who might be building a simple brochure site or a simple marketing site because it lets you do everything without really touching a lot of code, and you know gives you that bit of bit of a page builder experience, but one that is native to how WordPress actually works. Awesome, super yeah. stellar answer. I like the I like the DIYer aspect of it, right? Because it assumes that there is some sort of a, uh, there's some gumption there, right? There's the, the person yes. needs to have some motivation to to build a website. Because as far as I've seen now, feel free to correct me on this. As far as I've seen, not many of the block themes come right out of the box looking just fabulous. Yeah. So the way block themes are right now, and they're a little bit in their infancy as well, like in terms of what are best practices for what a block theme should ship with. Uh, you do need to experiment a little and be brave and try to understand the new paradigm and how it actually works before you're going to get it looking the way you want it to. But once you get past that sort of curve, that learning curve, I think that it can be really powerful in an empowering way to DIY a little website for yourself. I use it on a lot of personal projects and I really like it. That's good to hear. I'm actually like, I feel like I'm just cresting that that little hill there of getting past the initial figuring it out piece. I've built a, you know, just like a site with I, what I like to do is I like to try to use the the 2020 themes, you know, well, the default, the, yeah, yeah, the default themes, which I honestly, be, I like the 2023 theme. Um, that's when I've tried to use most recently. And I, I got pretty far. I mean, it doesn't look good at all, but I mean, I got it to <laughs> the point where I like, I understand, okay, to do this, I got to do this, to do this, I got to do that. So first of all, the biggest question I had when I first started it was, do I build, do I start, do I do a child theme? Right. And um, I couldn't find a, a great bit of documentation on a concise, concise yes or no. It seems like there is not really an idea of child theme with block theme. I think that 
one of the things to understand about a block theme first is that it has this new idea of the theme.json, which is like a JSON file where you define a lot of your design tokens, you know, like what are your fonts and what are your colors and what are your headings? What are some specific ways that you want the buttons to look like? And a child theme is really useful if you want to override that. But the way block themes work is that if you want to make certain changes, a lot of that you can do within the interface, right? You can mm -hmm. layer your preferences on top of the themes preferences using the site editor inside the WordPress dashboard. So in a lot of cases, you don't need a child theme because you will just go in and modify the existing theme. And even if the theme updates, your user preferences will still override any of the updates from it. So mm -hmm. I think that a child theme would only make sense if you need to fully like get rid of all of the themes uh, settings and override them all. Or if you're adding some custom functionality that the site editor doesn't let you. Otherwise, you can probably just stick with the parent theme, like the actual theme. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy, right? Because that's a huge paradigm shift for any traditional WordPress developer. That's the, the the full stop is just you have to have a child theme, right? Or else, oh yeah, whatever you do is going to be blown away by the next update, and you'll get frustrated and cry, and you know all that sort of thing. <laughs> and yeah, uh, even in Divi, right? Like it's a lot of the times you do want to have a Divi child theme and not work directly in the main theme. So hundred percent. First thing you do when you fire up a Divi the installation is you create a child theme and start from there. So with that, this is the thing I wanted to walk into. I found myself saying about 300 times, where do I write CSS? Like, where, <laughs> where's, the custom, where's the customizer? Where's the custom CSS little box? How do I put custom? Because I'm not going to put custom CSS in the style.css because that's a no-no, right? In, in right. traditional, I'm in a parent theme. I don't put CSS in the style.css. If I've got to add it, I use a plugin or you know a myriad of different ways. But I, you know, where's the CSS? Where do I put it? <laughs> well, one, WordPress 6.2 is coming out very shortly after this episode's release. And that adds an additional CSS area for on a block level and on a like a site level to the site editor for block themes. So that would really help you, I think. But I think that it's far more important to think do you need to write CSS right. or is there a different way to accomplish this? Because mm -hmm. a lot of the things that you might want to accomplish, you can probably do that once you drill down in the style settings in the site editor, right? Yep. So it's a paradigm shift in that sense too. Instead of going straight to the CSS, instead of going straight to the code, how can you modify this with the existing UI controls that you have? Right. Yep. And that's after that's what I had kind of come to grips with. I think what I wanted to do was like I wanted to change the display from flex to like inline block to do something or or whatever to just add like a little bit to get a uh I think what I just wanted to do is get the site name to float just you know sit right next to the uh uh logo the, the logo. And yes, th there's a setting for it. It's in there. You can do it. Yeah, you can yep. definitely you can group the block and then mm -hmm. set up the the flow like make it flex on the group. Yep. I think that when you're a developer who's used to working with CSS and knows that terminology really well, going into the block editor or the site editor can be a little frustrating because it's not using that same terminology because mm -hmm. they are coming at it from a oh, how will a non-coder try to understand this? Right. Yep. So the words 
may make more sense if you didn't already know the code. But when you know the code, then it's like you feel like you're learning a whole different language on top of everything else you know. And it would be so much easier to just use the language you already know and write a couple lines of CSS instead. But yep. <laughs> I think that's how users would feel too, right? It's a different language for everyone, really. Yeah. So, and that's and that's coming kind of back around to the question of who is the, who are block themes for, who's the block editor for? You said something when we were kind of like scoping this call out earlier this week or last week that I just, it it put the nail in the coffin for me and go, okay, that is it. That's been, it buttoned up everything that I've been trying to say, especially when I explain this to non-WordPress people about this kind of big paradigm shift that's happening in WordPress and why WordPress is such a an active and, and interesting field to be in right now. Uh, but mm -hmm. To me, you know, talking to someone about this at like a cocktail party, it's like very <laughs> difficult to explain why WordPress is an interesting field right now. Um, yeah. But you said that WordPress is like the block editor is doing, trying to mimic like Adobe Sketch. Is that right? And like Figma. And mm -hmm. it made it click to me that I think because of what you said, I think that a lot of, a lot of the direction that it's going is for designers. It's for people that for the last what 20 some odd years or however long WordPress has been out there. They've been, they, they know how to make a design. They know how to do it, whether it was starting in Photoshop or InDesign or whatever, they know how to make a design. They don't know how to put that design into WordPress. And so mm -hmm. they've needed a developer, which is why page builders came along, which is why there's Beaver Builder, there's Elementor, there's Divi. And for me personally, I, I, I've, I know designers who use Divi and I've taught normal people, just regular people that are business owners, how to use Divi, and they've gone a long way. And that is kind of like, in my mind, has always been the place for those things. It's like, okay, here's someone that doesn't necessarily know all the, how to do the code, but it's very interesting though that there is its, it has its own language. Those programs have its own, have their own language. And I mm -hmm. think uh, by pointing it out that the block editor is kind of speaking that language, just made it make a lot more sense for me. Yeah, and I think that overall, just in interfaces and products that we're seeing come out, we're seeing this trend towards, you know, things that have sidebars and everything is like communicated through an icon rather than an icon and, you know, some text and things are hidden behind panels and hidden behind settings to create a more minimal aesthetic so you can focus more on the thing you're creating rather than the interface you're creating in. So, mm -hmm. and a lot of that charge is led by design tools like Figma or XD from Adobe or, you know, Sketch, that kind of thing. And um, yeah, I think that you're right. You know, we are used to WordPress just being a content management system and then adding the design tools on top of it with things like Divi and Elementor. But now WordPress is saying, hey, we see that this is a common use case. So let's bring in some of those design tools into the core of WordPress so that it's not just a content management system anymore. It's also kind of the beginnings of a design tool, like a design in the browser tool, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that it does show some promise there. I mean, I, I've been a, a, a big skeptic of Gutenberg <laughs> and the block editor for uh, a long time. And actually in the, about a year ago when I wrote, um, the article on Master WP about Divi and said I would rather use the I'd rather use Divi than the block editor any day. You know, I tried to build something custom on the 2022 theme and I I just got so frustrated and it was just it was so <laughs> not intuitive. And like since then, even just in a year, I think that it has graduated so much. In fact, 
I've got an, a new project, a local club that I'm a part of. They uh, don't have a webmaster. They have a website, but it's not done very well. I'm like, do I want to do this with the block theme? And yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I think I kind of do. I really do. I think I kind of do. And if if for anything else, just to say I did it. And yeah, I, it is block theme. The question that I have on that is if I were to get run over by a bus, is that extendable? You know, is that uh, something that I can pass down to someone that doesn't have experience to use? And so that kind of leads me to my next question. Like, you know, can a just a regular blogger? And I think that's one of the things that is irking some of the audience uh, for WordPress, right? Is that a lot of WordPress audience came from people that they just wanted to make a blog, you know, and right. all the themes up till, well, there wasn't a 2018 up to 2017. In fact, I think 2017 looks like is great. I like that theme a lot has its problems, but all the way up until then, I feel like any theme you could use, you could switch a couple, flip a couple switches, make it look like your own and have a pretty good looking blog. 2019 hit and threw that all out the window, in my <laughs> opinion. So my question to you is, do you think that using the block editor, if you have a site that's done totally in a total block theme, whether it's 2023 or whatever other one, and I might ask for some recommendations later on, uh, some good ones, but do you think that someone with minimal development experience could just nail that and just take it over and, and be proficient? I actually think that the people who have no development context are going to be able to grasp the block editor a lot more easily because they're not coming in with like a full cup. You know, they're not mm -hmm. expecting it to work in a certain way and they can like really absorb that interface and be like, oh, okay. So in this interface, I do it like this instead of coming in with opinions like a lot of us do, where like, mm -hmm. why doesn't it work like this? And I want it to work like that. And this is how it used to work. This is nonsense, which I have said many, many times as I was trying to learn it myself. I think that there is still a learning curve with any new tool that you use. But if you are like a blogger, being able to control a lot of this stuff in the dashboard instead of having to open up a code editor or figure out how FTP works or, mm. you know, uh, have to go through 7 million themes and install them. Instead, you can just go in the site editor and make a lot of those changes in your existing theme and make it look wildly different if you wanted. I think that's an advantage. And I think a lot of them will pick it up a lot faster than some of us who are used to the old version of WordPress. As much as I may not want to admit it, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, spicy takes. I yeah. I you know when you put, when you put it that way, I think there is a lot of my previous knowledge that is blocking me from being able to experience this as a brand new user without you know some judgment and some ideas of how things should be. And I think that's why, like you working on that local project for mm -hmm. your team or whatever that your club right it's actually the brew is club. it's the, the brew club the there we go <laughs> yeah so working on that will be really good because when you experiment with something without the pressure of necessarily work like your actual work life mm -hmm. you can come at it with a little bit more openness a little bit more ease a little bit more of a relaxed attitude comparatively and explore it a little bit better i like that idea i think you've convinced yeah. me i think i'll do it Yes. So that I, I think that but at that point, that also comes with a lot of caveats because there's only so far you can go. I, I think. yes. So at that point is is the question of, OK, how far can that person go? I would say probably up to the point of going outside of any one template, you know, like header, 
homepage footer, maybe just a single page template, multiple page templates that you know happen to be controlled by what type of you know post you're on or anything like that. That's mm-hmm. probably where anyone without development experience stops, and you probably need a custom developer. Would you agree? Maybe. You could do a lot of templating stuff with 6.2 that's coming out. Like you can s- assign like templates to certain taxonomies and create templates for custom post types right within the post editor, sorry, the site editor. So uh, you can go pretty far, but I think where you stop is when you need more dynamic functionality. You know, if your website is mostly a static site, more of a marketing site, yeah, you can usually use that, uh, build all of that with the site editor and not have to outsource anything to a more dev heavy person but yeah i think i think that's that's where the line is the other part about the site editor i do want to mention is that there's this locking ability that doesn't exist very well in it so like when we're working with clients and we don't want them to be able to mess things up Mm -hmm. the site editor you can mess things up very easily Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's not really ready for like the kind of access levels that we might want to give to larger enterprise projects or larger organizations but for smaller things like the homebrew club or like a small agency it's great for them totally totally and you know this is one of those things where i actually it's it's the thing that ended up selling me on Divi when I was sold on Divi is this disability is the 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 site editing the the, the theme builder part of Divi and right. uh, I actually started using Divi before that and I've got to always remember also that when I first started using Divi I hated it I like it was <laughs> and I've got to remember that when I tried to when I used to try to teach clients how to use it and they would be so mad at me for building their website in this monstrosity of a thing that like the <laughs> sections and the rows and the, the global rows and all this stuff i had to remember that i i'm coming into this with a context with a with a an idea of you know building page templates with php you know and like building yes. you know all these different templates with php and then when the theme builder came out like all that made sense it's like and then i thought what was really nice about with the way divi does it is like the visual representation Mm. of those different templates and being able to assign those templates to all these different things and to give Divi some credit like I think they've done that really really well and I've I've I wouldn't say that uh, you know many of the people that I build websites for in Divi could build that out themselves but if I've built that out for them and I properly label what all those are for I've seen many people that have no development experience whatsoever be off and running with that but it still has that locking problem because I have gotten calls at you know 10 30 night going, hey, uh, <laughs> I deleted the header of my website. It has no oh, navigation, no. no nothing. What do I do? And yes. I said, did you do a backup? And of course they just they say no. And then I go, okay, well, um, I'll be right there. And you know. Yeah. I think the site editor solves that particular problem of not having done a backup before deleting something really well because you can revert a header to the default that the theme provides, which is really oh. nice. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So at least you don't have like nothing. Exactly. You just hmm. will lose like what you had done, but you can bring back something instead of having absolutely nothing and having a totally broken site. So that's really nice, actually. <laughs> that is. That is uh, that is quite nice. I think you could probably do something like that with Davey, but I don't think it would look good. Uh, yeah, it, I it agree. You have that, that very that very divvy feel which i guess here's another point i want to i just thought about is that 
what I have noticed is, well, how do I say this? Um, <laughs> so if I see a, if I see a Divi website out in the wild, it is like beyond obvious. I'm like, that's a Divi website. There's just so many little markers that is like, okay, this is like the, the arrow, the button, the button you hover over and the little arrow pops out or whatever. Um, there's so many markers that it's like, okay, that's a Divi website for me. For some reason, that's a, that's a, that's always been a, a no-go. Like I always try mm -hmm. to remove any of that. I don't want people to know that it's a, you know, an, an Astra theme or a Divi theme or, yes. or whatever, you know? Um, yes. I don't see that. Actually, I don't see that a lot with block themes, the block theme. I, it, oh, it's there. <laughs> the, I'm sure it is, but I, I haven't noticed it too much. What, what do you see? So it's a lot more subtle, which I really appreciate. And I think that that was very thoughtful way to go about it to make sure that the site editor and the blocks that are being provided are not so opinionated that you can't change them. But for me, one of the dead giveaways of a block theme is if you make the theme smaller, so the window smaller, and you see the uh, mobile menu icon, the hamburger mm. icon, it's that very thin, very specific two line one yeah. that is the only built in one in WordPress right now for the menu. And you can change it, but it's a process. And a lot of people will huh. not change it because it doesn't make sense to do so. So, so you can little, always tell by that. The little two line one where the top line is bigger than this, the bottom line, like by a tiny bit. No, no, no. They're equal. They're they equal. Okay. They're equal, but they are like narrow. There isn't that much of a space between them. Okay. And once you've looked at it, you'll notice it. And then you'll always know, oh yeah, this is a block theme for sure, because it's using that menu icon. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. So I'll have to look for that. There is there is some. Um, talk to me about this. So a lot of times when we talk about getting real custom stuff, we're talking about custom post types, custom fields. How does the block editor hand, handle that? Custom templates, post types, custom fields, you know, custom templates built off of custom post types, stuff like that. For me, I know that I really like the way Divi handles that stuff up to a point. But how does how do we handle that with the block theme? Well, with uh, block themes, you can create custom templates that are connected to custom post types. Custom post types are still something that you have to create yourself, right? In the mm -hmm. way that we're all used to. Sure. Although there is some talk about being able to create custom post types within the site editor. So this, maybe yes. we'll see that drop. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that part is like pretty similar. And I think it does handle it pretty well. And yeah, like I don't know if there is like a lot of special things, but I will say custom fields in the site editor, in the block editor, just in general, are second class citizens. Mm. So it's very difficult, I guess, to work with them naturally because the idea is that you build blocks and you don't use custom fields. And that's like a whole different paradigm shift. And if you're not a developer, you're not really going to know how to easily add custom fields and that kind of thing. Yep. And so there, uh, as in juxtaposition with, with like Divi, there are some things that just work with custom fields. They work pretty well. Um, and it just like, it gets to, and you get up to a certain point, like it, at, up to a certain yeah. point. And then if it, uh, trying to go any further, any sort of like repeater field, forget about it. Yeah. Any, anything like that you got to install, then you can uh, either custom plug in, you got to pay more money for, or developer, which, it's kind of like my final question on the customness of it is okay. So I've I've decided that I need, and this is kind of where that website that we were working on was at, right? Is yeah. is we needed we needed stuff that goes way outside of the box of Divi, and 
would probably have been best for a custom Divi module, which I think we get to a certain point with building custom blocks. Now, the one thing I think that you you just showed, you and Brian just showed uh, the world how to do it, the ACF blocks. That seems yes. like a nice little in-between because we don't need really need to know how to do React too much yes. to do a, a, a ACF block. So a traditional PHP developer, like what I would consider myself, got a couple of years JavaScript experience, not too super heavy into the modern React libraries and stuff like that to feel comfortable. I could just sell that to a client. Um, mm -hmm. ACF blocks seem like a pretty good option. Yeah, definitely. I think they are a great middle option for someone who's coming with a lot of PHP background, but wants to like start to slowly embrace the new block editor paradigm. And even that can be still a jump, right? We're so used to thinking about things in terms of custom fields, but really mm -hmm. we need to make the jump to thinking about things in blocks and smaller blocks and not necessarily just big components. And oh. it's a design and it's a mental shift for sure, but I think it's for the better for how much flexibility it offers rather than custom fields per se. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so then beyond that, and this this is this will be true with both Divi and the the blocks Block is beyond that, you've pretty much got to know React. You've got to be comfortable yes. with build scripts. You got to be comfortable with NPM and selling packages. All of that stuff, you've got to be pretty comfortable with doing, working your way through JavaScript files, includes all of that stuff. And that we're talking about this because that's the level of developer that you have to hire to get the job done with a custom website, right? Yes. So I want to say that with a block theme, you really need to know React and all of those things if you want to make the custom stuff you're doing editable inside the dashboard, inside the block editor. But if you didn't want to do that and you wanted to hard code it, any block theme still supports PHP. You can still add lots of PHP functionality and that kind of thing to it. You're not excluded from using that. But if you want to make it work with the block editor and use the block editor sort of design language and how it's like teaching the users to work with the site now, mm -hmm. then yeah, you need you need some React or maybe a lot of React. <laughs> Got it. Got it. And that's that is that is true for a lot of page builders, Divi included yes. a, as well. You, I mean, you can still write stuff in PHP. You can still hard code a thing and you can use custom post types. You can use the loop and all that stuff in there. What about, and this is something that I think we kind of filled the gap with on that website, uh, at least I did, was short codes. And yeah. how you sound like you have so much disdain in your voice when you say that. I um, don't like short codes. I, I can tell. <laughs> um, there, it gets the job done kind of option, you know, uh, yes. when you need to have it. How do, how do short codes work with the block editor? You can use short codes, but I mean, you can definitely create short codes. And I think that they're a really great stopgap even now mm -hmm. with block themes. But ideally, if you need to build a short code, you can probably make that into a block mm -hmm. and it would be a better experience as an for a user and for you, for everyone really involved to be able to do that because short codes are written like code and that's right. not friendly for no. non-developers. They can get used to it, but they really shouldn't have to. It's not an optimal experience, you know? Yeah, that's always an interesting conversation with a client is, okay, I figured out the solution for this. And for <laughs> basically for your budget, for where, we're, where we can go with it, you're going to have to kind of get used to this. You're going to have to put yes. this, whatever you want, this value into this and say this inside this thing that says short code. And sorry, not sorry, you're just going to have to do it. Yeah, and we've seen certain plugins that use short codes like 
try to like circumvent that by like creating short code builders. You know, you've seen that before, right? Like with gravity mm-hmm. forms in the old classic editor, you could click the add form and check a few boxes and it'll generate the short code with the right settings for you. But yeah, like that's what a block is doing, right? The block is making yeah. it. So it's a nice, nice UI for you to be able to edit this instead of you having to look at the code in your face. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So you can still use them, but uh, we both agree that the usability there is just not great. Not the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have um, I have two kind of final questions and I guess one more. So three final questions on this and then we'll kind of wrap it up because we've been talking for a while here. Two big pieces that I think are that kind of are not like direct experience, but they kind of make the experience. First one is accessibility. Divi is notorious for not being great at accessibility, either as an authoring tool or just in the code that it spits out. And then unfortunately, because it is so bad with accessibility on the front end, you most developers that use Divi will have to apply a overlay, which is just a nightmare. And it's just a a a, a bad reinforcing system. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, with accessibility, Divi does does not get a win. How does accessibility look in the block themes? When the block editor was first imagined, there was a lot of oversight in terms of accessibility, but they Mm -hmm. are trying to fix that and trying to be more cognizant of it as far as an authoring tool. So it's not the best, but it is improving. And there are a lot of things that you can do now with it and more easily in, you know, with assistive devices and that kind of thing that you couldn't before. As far as the front end code goes, I think that the front end output, while still not as clean as I would personally want it to be, is still pretty good. And they do care a lot about it. Like, for example, the new navigation block from the site editor, it's using a very accessible modal and it's really easy to navigate with like voiceover or any kind of screen reader. And yeah, so the front end I think is pretty good. And ultimately it will still depend on how you actually use the tool to create that front end to make sure it is accessible. But as far as whatever they could bake in accessibility wise, I think they're doing a really good job with that and trying to be really cognizant of it. The block editor itself, the site editor itself, it still needs work, but there is progress for sure. That's good to hear that they're actually they're they're making a stronger focus on this. And I know that that is, you know, one of the the biggest complaints I see from the accessibility community at the start was just like, hey, this was just really overlooked right at the beginning. So that is that is really nice to hear that there is more consideration being paid to it. I personally haven't had the chance to like dig too much into the front end output, but it ends up, you know, being also one of those things where there's there is so much to do, especially when you yeah. when it comes to things like forms and things like accordions, which are always just really tricky. It is a process to to get all that stuff right. And a lot of that is going to rely on people that are making the blocks, right? Because there's not just yeah. like one person that's making a block. And so there's there's blocks out there in the wild that are better for accessibility than others. Definitely. And I think that can be said about any tool or any plugin that you might use on top of WordPress, right? Ultimately, WordPress itself can't be ultimately responsible for all of the accessibility. Everything, every feature, every new addition you add on top of it has to be considered independently based on who built it. 
So uh, when you're building a site with anything, whether that's Divi or, you know, a block theme or anything else, it is your job as the author or the creator using these tools, you are ultimately responsible for the accessibility of it. But of course, we want our tools to help us do that as best as they can. Right? Right. That's that's an extremely good point, too, because uh, I think that too often we as developers try to slough that responsibility off, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, but it's the, it's the tool. It's the tool. Um, <laughs> last kind of point to just to to think about uh, with as a developer using these tools is the documentation. So I just recently, personally, have gone through both the documentation on creating a block as mm-hmm. well as uh, with Divi creating a custom module. I think the co- the documentation for a custom module for, was like from 2017 or 2018. Oh. And I don't know if it's been updated uh, because they don't actually put, they put, they don't really put dates on their blog posts and their, and their documentation. But I found on Divi's end, the documentation, while it got you there, it was rather lackluster as a lot of documentation is. That said, for me personally, just, and I haven't tried to extend too far, just in the starting of getting a block, a custom block, started mm-hmm. documentation got me there pretty well and did a good job of explaining kind of why we we're doing the stuff we we're doing what do you think i think that a lot of people still have a lot of complaints about the documentation overall when you start to dig more deep into block editor stuff i think that's still a little bit lacking but everyone is trying to make up for it you know it is after all an open source community we right. are all volunteering and trying to do our best. And the documentation team needs a lot of help because there's a lot that you need from documentation. But uh, yeah, I think Divi, because it's paid, I feel like they could probably do a better job about their documentation and should. But documentation is something that we overlook as a community of developers a lot in terms of how we support ourselves and each other and also our users. So documentation, documentation, documentation. I'm always about like, please make sure there's documentation. Oh, you're creating this internally? Document that. Oh, you're, you know, writing this function? Have a doc block, you know, like make sure you're doing your part because you can't expect good documentation from other people if you don't even give it yourself, right? Wow, preaching here. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) For real though, I mean, that is, that is, uh, that is such a great point. And Especially bringing it back to an again an individual person's individual developer's responsibility of yeah you've got to document your own stuff if you want other people's stuff to be documented exactly you can't complain about someone else's code if they go into your code and it's the same thing so true so true okay so final question before we wrap it up and I I guess I guess we already have that answer from you uh, would you today in twenty or right now would you use twenty twenty three or any other block theme to build a website. And I guess you've already answered this, which is I guess I have, yeah. For a lot of personal projects, like smaller things, like I run a book club and the book club's whole website runs on a block theme. I have a little cookbook website for like my family that runs on a block theme. For smaller websites, brochure websites, it's a really great fit. And I love that I don't have to touch even a single piece of code to make a really nice looking site that is user-friendly and you know, works great out of the box for people. Wow. You you like the fact that you don't have to touch a bit of code. When you want to do something really, really quickly and you just want to like get it up and have it look not ugly. Yeah, I like that. Would, wouldn't you? Yeah. 
I'm just, I'm yeah. just checking. I mean, I know that <laughs> I know that you love it. I mean, you're a software developer extraordinaire here. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you heard it. You heard it straight from Aruba that you you, you don't have to touch the code. Yeah, and that's really nice done. in certain circumstances. <laughs> do you have a do you have a particular block theme that you gravitate towards? Well, I really do like the 2022 theme and the 2023 theme. A lot of people really like the Wabi theme from Rich Tabor, which is excellent. It's a great okay. blog theme, by the way. If you're just looking for a blog, it's a great theme for that. Okay. Yeah, those are the ones that I really gravitate towards the most right now. Okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess my answer to that is I I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> yes, you are going to have to. And I want to know all about it as you do it. I will. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to use 2023. I've already got to yeah. start and I'm going to use 2023. And I'm just going to see just how far I can get this. Uh, as, as tempting as it would be to use something like Cadence. Uh, Cadence yeah. is a pretty interesting theme that is a is somewhere in between a block theme and a page builder, right? Definitely. Or like Astra. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. As tempting as it would be to use Divi, because I can just whip out a website in like, you know, two hours with Divi if I if I wanted <laughs> to. I think I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to just just rip the band-aid off and just do it. Yeah, I think you should. I think eventually you're gonna be like, yep, this is this is awesome. I'm happy that I can do this without installing any extra plugins. Okay. Okay. I'll trust. I'll trust you in that, and I'll inform you how it goes along the way. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> okay, Aruba. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I, again, yeah. uh, software developer, podcaster. If people want to watch you and Brian on ViewSource, how do they find it? Uh, it's HTTPS dot or well, you know, the protocol then ViewSource dot FM, <laughs> or you can just Google it on YouTube because we're on YouTube too. <laughs> Woo! YouTube. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, Thanks for this, by the way. It was fun. It, yeah, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, we'll sign off there. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Hey there. Welcome to a new segment of Press the Issue, Listener Mail. We want to know what you think about this topic. Specifically, how do you think WordPress as a community and project can bring the next generation into the fold? Tweet your response to underscore masterwp or email your response to podcast at masterwp.com. Then tune in to our next episode to see if we read your response at the end of the show. Thank you for listening to this episode. Press the Issue is a production of Master WP, produced by Ali Nimmons, hosted, edited, and musically supervised by Monet Davenport, and mixed and mastered by Tehran Bullock. Please visit masterwp.com slash press the issue to find more episodes. Subscribe to our newsletter for more WordPress news at masterwp.com.